Hey, good morning and welcome back to the Quarantine Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Jones, and today we are continuing on with our uh, series of the 316s of the New Testament. And today I'm looking at Galatians 316 because it's the next one in the canonical order. Uh, one of the things that's f- kind of funny for me is that I always look at Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, which are the next four uh, letters written by Paul. Uh, I always remember this a- uh, this kind of an acronym or mnemonic device, God's Electric Power Company, because in these four letters that Paul writes, there's so much deep uh, theological uh, teaching, and it's really empowering uh, when you look at it and you look for ways to apply it in our lives as as Christians and just going about our day-to-day uh, walk with the Lord. Um, so we are we're looking at the uh, the passage here but now before I get into uh, reading through the the scripture verse for today, uh, I do want to say that if you have any prayer requests, praises, questions or comments, there is a button in the Anchor app and on anchor.fm slash Christian that allows you to send me a voice message, uh, and you are more than welcome to do so. I would love to respond to any questions or comments that you have. I would also uh, like to pray with you if you have any prayer requests or, or praises that you uh, would like to share. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in doing, by all means... Um, hit that button and uh, send me a message. So today we're reading out of Galatians 3.16. It says this, God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children as if it meant descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. All right, so the larger context of this passage talks about how There is no way in heaven or on earth that God would ever break any promise that he ever makes. All right? Uh, Because if God were to break any promise, whether a big promise, a little promise, uh, he would then be untrustworthy. And I got to say, that's that's a pretty positive thing to, to think about because... I mean, as far as I'm concerned, every promise that God makes is going to be a big deal. And, and that's just my take on it. Um, now, back in the, in the 90s and up through the early 2000s, there was a series of me- Christian men's retreats called Promise Keepers. And I went to a couple sessions between high school and college. And the purpose for these three-day-long conferences was to highlight the importance of, especially for men, keeping our promises, but also to be consistent in our walk with the Lord as uh, as heads of our household, uh, whether we were future heads of our household because we weren't there yet or because we were already married and had families, the point is we need to take upon ourselves the position of leadership uh, expected of us from a biblical standpoint and you know, let our yes be yes, our no be no, and make sure that our commitments were consistent 
with the teachings of Christ. People break promises all the time. Uh, I, I can honestly say that there have been times where I've broken promises, but I've tried when I say that I'm going to do something to make sure that I am able to do it. Uh, and I'm sure that many of the people listening to this have experienced a broken promise at some point in their life. Uh, I remember one particular experience. Um, I promised my daughter we were going to go do something. I don't remember what it was. I think it had something to do with like a movie or I, I don't know. Um, and I wasn't able to follow through on it. I had forgotten all about the promise that I had made to her and she held me accountable to it. She said, well, you said this. And as soon as she reminded me that I had failed to keep my promise, I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. What was I thinking? And so I explained to her, I, I apologized to her first for not following through on my promise. Secondly, I rescheduled what we were supposed to go do. And we ended up doing a daddy-daughter date. Went to, uh, we went to dinner, and then we went to go see a movie. And uh, we, I timed it just right so that my wife could join us for the movie. And my daughter, had the, she just had the best evening. Because no, it was a school night, and most of the time on school nights... You know, she can't go out and do stuff like that because, you know, she's got bedtime. She's got stuff going on the next day. Usually this is the kind of thing left over for the weekend. And I wanted to do something special. So it, it you know, it was something that she could really enjoy and say, hey, I want to go do this on a school night. And... The thing, the thing is, the, the main difference between people and God is that God is different. God is perfect. God is infallible. And much to the chagrin of human beings, we are not. Not a single one of us. In fact, the Bible makes that abundantly clear that we are not perfect. Uh, I've had my moments where I have been imperfect, where I have failed, uh, whether it's failing to keep a promise, failing to keep my temper, failing to uh, be honest about something, I have my moments of failure. So the promise in this context, and this is actually something that goes all the way back to the Old Testament, the promise in this context is that the Apostle Paul is referring to when uh, Abraham uh, has a conversation with God and God uh, starts with him what's called the Abrahamic covenant, which kicks off in Genesis chapter 15. Um, and in the ancient Near East, uh, covenants were not out of the ordinary. Covenants were actually uh, incredibly, well, I wouldn't say popular, but they were necessary. Um, usually, they were the result of two or more men, usually, men of power, uh, who agreed to find an amicable, amicable alliance in a sort of quid pro quo setting. Uh, for example, partner one wanted to use the neighboring land for grazing his sheep. Partner two might allow that, provide partner one allowed him access to the salt flats that made partner one's land unusable for grazing. Because the salt could be used for different things, including uh, being used for trade or barter. Um, 
So long as both parties agreed to the terms, the covenant was sound. Uh, there were other forms of covenants back in those times. So, and, that's, and so what I just shared with you is the simplest version. Now, the word covenant might still be used in some religious circles as promises made by the adherents to God as a way of keeping themselves uh, walking on what they believe to be a righteous path. Uh, in the ancient Near East, many pagan cultures would make these covenants under the name of one of their idols, hinting that any violation of the agreement incurred that deity's wrath. Um, so like if you had one of the Canaanites and, uh, and they made a pact with, um, you know, say like the, the Philistines or the Amorites or the Amalekites, um, you know, they'd do it under the name of Baal their idol, their, their uh, pagan deity. However, in the case of covenants found in the Bible, those are not put into action by people or by men. They're actually put in action by God, not the person who it was named for. So in the ancient Near East, if one of the partners in a covenant broke their end of the agreement, there was a cost that came with it usually death or forfeiture of some kind of valuable uh, possession. Going back to the first example that I gave about the, the salt flat and the grazing land, uh, should partner one not give partner two access to the salt flats uh, on his property, which causes a loss of income to partner two, he, partner two might, uh, or partner one might have to give up his best sheep as a source of income as recompense. Uh, a great example of this is how the nation of Israel handled the law of Moses during their time wandering in the desert for 40 years, and even when they inhabited the Holy Land. In some cases, because they had violated a covenant God made with them, they were removed from the land, like in the Babylonian exile, or you know where a generation might be allowed to die off before they could return to the Promised Land. So, you know, uh, you know check those out. But what's crucial here is that when God makes promises, they are unique. And the reason that they are unique is because when God made a covenant with mankind, he did it under his own name. He did it by his name in his power. All right. If you, if you look back at the, uh, at the different covenants over the course of the Old Testament, the Noahic covenant, the covenant that God has with Noah in, in earlier on in Genesis chapter 9. Uh, it's between God and all living creatures, specifically with human beings, but with all living creatures. And basically it concludes that, um, that uh, God would not destroy the world with a flood again like he did in uh, the early parts of Genesis during the story of of uh, Noah. Uh, there's the Mosaic Covenant, which is which was the handing down of the Ten Commandments and, and the Law of Moses. Uh, there's the Priestly Covenant, uh, made with uh, Moses' brother Aaron and his descendants, that they would uh, be the, uh, the 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 priests in perpetuity to the uh, to the temple. There's the Davidic Covenant, where uh, and I've mentioned this one before where uh, God makes a promise with King David and says a 
descendant of your line will be the Messiah. And, you know, we know, as Christians nowadays, we know that to be Jesus. Now, the Abrahamic covenant, this is probably one of the biggest covenants. It's actually the most complex. Uh, there's way more detail to it than even the Mosaic covenant, because the Mosaic covenant was, you, they had the Ten Commandments, they had the law, and that, that carried them through. They knew exactly what was expected of them. The Abrahamic covenant, uh, which actually starts off in Genesis 12, not Genesis 15, um, it, it's incredibly, incredibly detailed. Uh, and the covenant was for Abraham and any of his offspring, both natural and adopted. Um, and so God makes a series of, of promises to Abraham that he would be the father of many, that, um, that he would, uh, that his, his descendants would multiply and inherit the earth and they would, they would cover it and they would live, you know, in that fulfillment. Um, then there's the covenant of circumcision, which is started in Genesis chapter 17. Um, and it's, and this is what happens. So, uh, in, and this is the part that Abraham had to participate with. This was his part of the bargain. Um, he and any male, uh, in his household had to be, uh, circumcised which is why circumcision was such a big deal as, as far as like a, a religious rite in the, uh, in the Jewish faith, why it's still uh, fairly widespread amongst Christians to this very day. Um, and so this had to, and this had to, and the prize for this was the promised land, uh, what became the land of Canaan or eventually the land that became Israel. Um, and so there's a lot going on here. Now, like I said, God's promises are unique because when he, whenever God made a covenant with mankind, he did it under his own name, by the power of his name. It wasn't another human being, some person in power, making a covenant under the, the name of, of one of their idols, one of their statues. This was God himself making the covenant and using his name to sign the deal. Since God is both infallible and eternal, there is no way that he would fail at following through on his promises. And that's the point, is that God's not going fa- He's not going to fail to meet the promise. Human beings fail. We are fallible. God is not. And this tells us something about, about God. It is against his nature to not follow through. If God says he is going to do something, he can't not do it. If God says he is not going to do something, he can't do it. The, the point is that his yes is yes, his no is no, and that is it. That is it. It's against God's nature to not follow through. And while God's people and mankind as a whole uh, have violated God's commandment and his covenants over and over and over again since time immemorial, God is still willing to follow through. God is still willing to partner with humanity to bring about something far better than we could ever uh, we could ever 
imagine. And, and the funny thing is that God is under zero obligation. He's under zero obligation to do anything for us. He's under zero obligation to do anything that he promises. Other than the fact that he made the promise and he's going to follow through. And when he binds himself to a promise and follows through on it, that right there is... Oh, it's a, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, example of how faithful God is to us. His love for mankind outweighs our disrespect and our dishonor of Him. He's a Father of kindness. He pulls us out of the ashes. He restores us. Even when we fail time and time again, God is not going to just let it slide. He has a promise for us to be saved by faith. He's not expecting us to be perfect. He's expecting us to trust that He is perfect. And personally for me, I'm encouraged by that. If God is willing to follow through on his promises to me, even when I fail to live according to his holy standard, then I should be willing to follow through on my promises with the same level of commitment as he has shown me. Am I going to have moments of potential failure? Absolutely. But it is in my nature to take after God and to make it a point to let my yes be yes and my no be no. So, with that being said, question for, for the episode. Where have you made promises or commitments where you have failed to follow through? And what can you do, what can we do, to make sure that that doesn't happen again? Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you give us. As summer is kicking in, Lord, I just pray that uh, you guide, guard, and direct us. And whatever our promises are, whatever our commitments are, Lord, that you will uh, remind us exactly what we are required to do, Lord. We lift all these things to you in your precious and holy name. A name that by its own power is infallible and will never not follow through on your promises. Lord, we pray all these things to you. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you have an opportunity to send me one of those voice messages through the Anchor app or through the uh, podcast website, anchor.fm slash Christian. Please do so. I'd love to hear your questions or comments. I'd love to pray with you if you have any prayer requests or praises. Other than that, I will be back next time uh, looking at Ephesians 3.16. And I hope that uh, this blesses you uh, for the day. God bless.